everybody welcome back happy friday i hope you're having the best start to your weekend and um i really just wanted to speak like honestly completely raw completely openly about <laughs> how fucked up everything can be with the pressures that are put on you as a human i mean that is God, it's so, it's so challenging, especially if I, I can't speak necessarily from a man's perspective because I have only ever existed and identified as a female, but a lot of the pressures we face that are not gender specific revolve around having to be something for someone. And if you grew up in any kind of household where you were not given freedom, to just be who you were and be accepted and loved for who you were, then I see you and I relate to you. My God, it is so, I'm still, I'm still at 30 years old undoing a lot of what I was taught about love and acceptance and who you're supposed to be as a kid. It's taken me like three decades to even grasp this concept that you don't have to be something for somebody. You don't have to be what society or your parents or your friends or your college degree or your job or your whoever, like family, whatever it may be, you do not have to be what people expect you to be. You are not defined by other people's rules. And this was, and it still is one of my most challenging things to learn and if you have always felt like you you grasp this concept and you <laughs> never really had to live out the undoing of what everyone's expected you to be then congratulations you're doing better than all of us um, especially me but here's the real truth about this from a super young age like I was I was so young when we were indoctrinated into this church into this religion that was so legalistic and so oppressive and so toxic i've talked about it a few times i'll do a full thing about it at some point but i from a really young age felt all of this pressure to be something like as a really young girl you know i had to dress a certain way and I had to act a certain way and I couldn't speak out. I didn't have space to have emotions. I didn't have space to figure out who I was. It was very militaristic, very legalistic. And it's especially hard, like guys, as a human being, it is so hard to come into this world and have all of these pressures put on you. I definitely get that. It's, it's applicable to everyone men, women, people that identify as men or women, non-gender specific, like it is applicable to every single person walking this earth that you come in and you are expected to be something. And there's no space to really figure out what you actually want, what you want to do with yourself, what you want to do with your life. And I can't speak to men or those that identify as men because I have not lived that experience. I was, I've always been a woman and identified as a woman, but I will say that women especially have so much pressure on us. And 
not in the same way that a lot of y'all would think. I know there's this misconception among toxic masculinity thinking that women have it easy because we are quote unquote the weaker sex, which I personally think is bullshit. But from like such a young age, women are expected to be things that contradict. We are expected to be quiet, but not too quiet because then you won't make friends. You are expected to be pretty, but not too pretty because then people won't like you. You're expected to dress like a girl, but then you can't be too girly because you'll be ostracized. There's so much pressure on what women should be. And that continues from childhood to the teenage years, to adulthood, to motherhood, and so on. You are expected to do and be everything. You're expected to keep the house perfectly clean and work your job and be a boss, but then also be soft. You're expected to be in your masculine and your feminine energy. You're expected to handle every situation with grace and never react, but you also have to be strong because otherwise you'll get run over. As a mother specifically, I've heard a lot of these comments. So many people say things about how I raise my kids and I'm just gonna set the record straight. Those kids are really happy. Those kids are so happy. They're so full of joy and life. They love their life. They are protected. They are free to be exactly who they are, express their emotions. We talk through problems. So anyone that wants to come at me or any other mother and shame them saying they're not doing a good job, y'all aren't here. Y'all aren't in these houses. So you might wanna take a look at yourself and focus on your own problems. But I say that because from a really early age, there was so much indoctrination and so much pressure to be everything perfect. I had to get the best grades. I had to be the best older sister. I had to be quiet and submissive. And I'm not a very quiet person, nor am I submissive. I've got, I've got some stubbornness in me. And I'm grateful for it now because that toughness, that resilience is what got me through so much. I wouldn't have been able to come out of all of the abuse that I'd been through being like mostly okay after a lot of therapy if I hadn't had that resilience, if I hadn't been really tough, if I hadn't been really stubborn and really headstrong and told people off and told my parents they were wrong, I would not have been able to make it this far if I hadn't been as tough as I was. But that was built out of a place of survival. That was built from a place of, I have to be this way to get through this childhood, to get through this rough 18 years where I'm given no space to be what I want to be. I was given no grace to be human, to make mistakes. All of the pressure was there to be perfect from day one. I had to do everything right in the home. I couldn't talk back to my parents. I couldn't ever step out of line. I had to dress the way they wanted. I had to act the way they wanted. I had to do certain things at school and within the church. I could only have certain friends. I couldn't have these other friends. I couldn't watch a lot of like TV shows or listen to certain music. And I felt so much pressure from, from both sides of the coin because I would go to school and I wouldn't know 
anything that was relevant. I want to know about these TV shows or this music or any of the things that were popular. And they were like, you're the weird kid. Why Why do you not know about this? Why are you like the, the freak with the long hair and the skirts? And then I would go home and it would be like, you're not Christian enough. You're not doing enough of this. You're not submissive enough. You're not quiet enough. You're punished. There was, it was so... There was so much pressure on every side that I could not even figure out who I was or what I wanted. I had to be something for someone at all times. And that continued into my high school years where I started having boyfriends and having friends and I was trying so hard to fit in and be accepted because that was all I wanted. I wanted to feel like I had a place where I was accepted, but then it was so opposite of what I experienced at home and in the church. So it was constantly changing my personalities to be who everyone else wanted me to be. And that, when you indoctrinate that into yourself, when you ingrain that way of thinking into yourself, it's so hard to break it. It continues on until you consciously stop repeating that cycle. It continues on until you consciously stop playing into that narrative that you have to be something for somebody and that continued when I was married I tried to be the perfect wife I was like I'm gonna do everything right there's gonna be home-cooked dinners every night I do the laundry on Tuesdays I do the grocery shopping on Thursdays I make sure that the house is spotless the kids are clean they're happy they're taken care of I had no space for myself. I was so exhausted all the time. I was depressed. I was anxious. I was at that time unmedicated um, and I had no support and I had no help. It was just constant judgment of any way that I was falling short because even when I did everything right on paper, my anxiety and depression were issues that my husband didn't want to deal with and that was ultimately one of the reasons that he explained to me why well I'm not getting into that I do still feel the need to protect his privacy to some extent maybe at some point I can talk about that more but there was so much pressure on me as a wife and a mom and this is something that the vast majority of women go through when they get married and especially when they have kids you are expected to be all of these things that are fucking impossible, y'all. It's impossible. You're expected to, to bring in additional income while also being the sole caretaker of the house and the children and making sure everything is right and everything is perfect. And like, who came up with this? This is a societal thing that everyone has fallen into. Everyone's fallen into this trap thinking that you have to be this. And if you're not, then you're not good enough. If you're not doing this the way that we set the standard, then you're not good enough. And everyone plays into it. Thankfully, I've noticed the tide kind of changing the last few years, but there's still so much shame and judgment from people who are also in this mindset. And they're not happy either. That's why they're shaming you and judging you. It's all about one-upping each other. It is rarely or has rarely been about unconditional support and love for how you choose to go about parenting your children. And my take is, if your children are safe, if they are taken care of, they're provided for, they're protected, 
and they are encouraged to live a life of joy and happiness and you make that your intention to bring in more joy, more happiness, more love, more reasons for laughter and you encourage them to find their own identity and be their own people, not just by what you teach them, but the example that you set. Think about how much better this next generation of kids would be. I'm not saying my way is 100% right, but this, the way that I'm doing it now versus how I've ever done it before feels so much better and they are so much happier. And I know a lot of people disagree with that. I know a lot of people disagree that when I decide to take trips with my partner or with friends when they are with their father, that's frowned upon. Or if I decide to drink alcohol, (laughs) it's frowned upon. Or if I decide to dance on a table, drunk on tequila in Mexico, that's a problem. But honestly, if they were doing the same for their 30th, as long as they're safe and they're happy, that is all I want for them. I want them to live their lives. I don't want them to fall in line. I don't want them to fall into the trap of being something that they don't want to be because it's so oppressive. It's depressing. It's, in my opinion, it's one of the worst things that we can do for our kids is to tell them they need to be something instead of allowing them to be what they're actually what they actually want to be and what their soul's purpose is and what their soul's mission is. And I did that for a long time. I was trying to make everything seem so perfect because if it was perfect, then there would be acceptance and love, right? If I did everything right, then I would be accepted and loved and that was all I really wanted. And as you know, spoiler, doesn't work out. (laughs) I still end up getting divorced. I still end up not really sure of who I am or what I want. So when I started dating again, I was like, okay, what is everyone else doing? I was looking to everyone else to see an example of what I should be. And if you live in Nashville or if you've ever been to Nashville, you know there's a huge drinking and partying scene here. Like, oh my God, it is just constant flow of alcohol and partying and crowded bars and everyone's trying to get laid and it's just that's like the energy here it is a fun city to live in but I don't know after almost six years it's uh it's a little old when I was first single again I was like I (laughs) I legitimately don't know how to do this I've been in a relationship for five years six years I've been married like how do you do this? How do you do this dating thing? So I looked at what everyone else was doing and everyone else was on dating apps and going to bars. And so I thought that I could find my dream guy, my Prince Charming at a dirty bar on Broadway. And um, you know, that's not exactly where they hang out, but no one told me that at the time. I jumped right into it. I found all of these friends. I got in this party scene and I thought that I was happy because as long as I was doing what everyone else was doing then I was accepted. I thought that I was happy by being out and drinking and being the fun girl and being the one who would take tequila shots and start dancing and I thought that that was fulfilling me. Because for a long time, it felt like it did. It felt like the acceptance 
and the fuel from others loving that version of me was enough. That's really what I thought. I thought I was doing really well with with that scene. (laughs) Every time I would be in those places or with that crowd, I thought that I was happy. And there's nothing wrong with living your life and going out and drinking and having fun. But like, if you're using that as your source of validation, then maybe that's something you need to look at. And that was something that I didn't want to see because that was the only thing that I felt positively about was people liked me when I was like that. People liked me when I was the fun, crazy party girl. Nobody seemed to want to get to know me a little deeper other than a few people. And that's fine. Not everyone is for everyone. Like when I was in that scene, I just, I really had no idea of who I was or what I wanted. And I was trying to still, at that point, well into my 20s, conform to what everyone else wanted. And this was, this was where when I got Lyme disease, when I was, I think I was 27, that was such a big eye-opener for me because I had always been the really tiny, pretty, fun friend. And when I got Lyme, I gained a lot of weight from inflammation. I was, I never went past a certain point, but it was still kind of an identity loss for me because I felt so different. I couldn't drink like I used to and I couldn't party like I used to. And it was almost a source of desperation. Like I was trying to make myself seem so normal when I was so sick and I was so tired and my whole body hurt and everything was inflamed. And my doctor kept telling me, you need to change your lifestyle. You need to slow down. You need to rest. You need to take this time to actually focus on healing. And I was so wrapped up in being what everyone else wanted me to be that I was putting my body through so much shit just to keep that part of myself that was validated by others. I honestly, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. It wasn't until the pandemic that I really took time to be alone, to be by myself because everyone had to be the year 2020 everyone had to be isolated and while that was a really horrendous and sad and detrimental time for a lot of people some of those parts were such a blessing to me because i would have probably never slowed down if i hadn't been forced to i would have never focused on really loving and learning and healing myself if i hadn't been forced to it was, that was kind of the start. That was like the catalyst to really focusing on my healing, focusing on all the layers of my healing. And it felt like at first I would uncover one thing and then there would be another pile of shit that I had to deal with under it. And I was like, when, when is this going to end? When does this get better? You would think that, you know, you deal with the big things and then there's all these little traumas that are stored. I need to stop talking with my hands so much because I keep hitting the mic and it's obnoxious. Um, it wasn't until 2020 that I really had to take like a look at myself, like actually look at myself and be like, yo, you are really unhappy. You really do not love yourself. You really don't value or appreciate yourself. You are constantly putting your self-worth in others approving of you or validating you or liking you or wanting you around like I would get texts from my friends 
being like, hey, we're going to this thing tonight, come out. And it would make my whole day because I felt like, oh my God, someone wants me around. It was so desperate and it was so dark to be in that space where I was like, I don't ever want to sit by myself because I don't like myself. I need other people to like me. I need other people to approve of who I am. I need to be something for someone at all times. And the work that I did to get out of that was so hard. It was was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, You know, people think of healing as this like light, airy, like release, happiness, peace, and self-acceptance. And it sounds so ethereal and so nice. And a lot of times, healing is that nasty, ugly shit where you are really looking at yourself, really looking at those shadow parts of yourself that you don't like, looking at the things about yourself that you don't, that you don't like about yourself, and knowing where they came from, knowing what caused them, and reframing that mindset to a space of love and grace and acceptance for yourself. It's kind of like tricky to explain because my philosophy has always been, you know, if there's something that you don't like about yourself, change it. If you want to be more this, do it. But don't come at it from a place of hatred. Come at it from a place of love. If you if you really love someone in your life, think of the person that you love most in this world or maybe a few people you love most. If you saw that they were doing things that were harmful to themselves, wouldn't you want to go to them in love and say, hey, I'm concerned about you. I think you need to change these behaviors. And I say that because I love you and I want you to be the best version of yourself that you can be. I know you're not happy doing these things. I know you're not fulfilled doing these things. So how can I help you? How can I support you? Think of the way that you would talk to the person you love most and talk that way to yourself. Talk that way to your inner child, to your shadows, to the internal core being of who you are and start to see what happens when instead of coming at your shadows with shame and anger and why are you this way and I wanna be different and I wanna change, just notice where those behaviors stem from. Notice where the core root of why your brain operates that way and why you think that way comes from. And then move in love with that part of yourself. Think about how much you love you and it can be challenging especially if uh you don't feel like you love you because that was my take for a long time i put on this facade of i really love who i am and i'm so happy but it was all an act i was so deeply unhappy with who i was that i would intentionally like call someone like a friend or like um, someone that I knew just so I didn't have to go home and be alone with myself. I would be leaving a bar or like an outing with friends and I would look through my phone to see who I had contacted or who I was close with and be like, hey, can I come over? Can I come hang out with you? Can I come stay with you? Just because I didn't wanna go home and be by myself. That was the level of self-hatred I had. That was the level of 
um, like vindictiveness I had for myself. I was so, so unhappy with who I was. And it wasn't until I got that space alone to really sit with who I was that I knew I needed to change it. I was ready to actually make changes. And it felt really daunting at first. It felt like something that was gonna just completely take me under. Cause there was so much that I'd been ignoring for so many years that I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I felt like I was walking up to this murky lake and being like, all right, I gotta find one little piece of gold in here. Where do I start? <laughs> and I had to start by just uncovering these layers, uncovering the biggest, most desperate cries that my subconscious was having being like hey i need attention i need you to notice me i need you to actually show me love i need you to accept and integrate and do all of these these things to to actually like be a person who values herself and it started with just sitting alone and being comfortable with that uncomfortable space sitting completely by myself with my thoughts and then asking myself questions. Where did this come from? Why do I think this? Why do I believe this about myself? Why do I define my value only based on what other people define my value as? Why am I so wrapped up in what others think of me? Why am I so obsessed with people accepting and loving me? And I noticed all of it, I'm sure you see this coming, went back to childhood where that was all it was. I was only loved and accepted and validated if I performed. I was only given any kind of love or praise or acceptance, never, absolutely never based on who I was, but only on what I did, how good I was at this thing or how brilliant I was here or how much I helped with this thing. It was never about my character and my identity and my my soul it was purely based on acts and physical appearance it's really funny because <laughs> i've said before as a it's it's a joke but it's a really sad joke no one can ever tell me i'm ugly because that was the one thing that was validated when i was a kid like people could say any other thing about me a few years ago and i would believe them if they said that I, I mean, anything that people said about me, I internalized. If people said that I was too much, I believed it. When people said that I was too out there, whatever it was, I believed it. I believed it when people said that I would never be anything. I believed it when people said that I was too much to handle. I believed it when people talked about parts of myself that I was ashamed of. And I internalized it as truth when it wasn't. But the one thing that people could never tell me that I would never believe was that I was unattractive because that was the only thing that was validated about me when I was little. That was the only thing my parents consistently said to me and everyone else around me said to me. They validated me based on my appearance. They validated me based on who I started growing into when I was in my early teen years. 
I was, I was the like classic case of the ugly duckling. I was like really awkward and gangly and super skinny with this really long hair dressed in all weird. I needed, I desperately needed braces. Like I was the weird kid. I was the weird, ugly kid that no one wanted to talk to in like elementary and especially like early middle school. And then around 13, 14, when my body started changing, my facial structure started changing, I got my braces off, I was suddenly the, <laughs> the pretty daughter. I was suddenly like, my parents suddenly noticed, oh, she's pretty, and they constantly validated it. But it was used as a method of shame. It was constantly talked about but almost in a negative way. Like it was my fault. I was constantly told, you can't wear stuff that the other girls can wear because you're more filled out than they are. You can't wear heels like this because you have nicer legs than other people. You can it was like so toxic. It was constantly putting other people's actions and character and thought process on me. I mean, my responsibility. So of course I grew up thinking that it was my responsibility how everyone treated me. And that's a common problem that a lot of people have. That's why a lot of people are so unhappy with who they are because they think they have to be something for somebody. And all you have to be is somebody that yourself can really love. You need to be somebody that you are proud of, that you are committed to. You need to love yourself more radically than anyone else could. And that is, that is a fact your whole life will start to fall into place. All of your relationships will get so much healthier and you will feel so much more free when you can really love yourself fully. All parts of you, even the parts you don't like, even the parts that you are having a hard time accepting. And you have a choice here. You don't have to accept things as they are. You don't have to accept if you are unhappy with something about yourself. You can change that behavior. I did not like that I was an avoidant attachment style. I like to say recovering avoidant attachment style because it's a lot of work to unlearn that. But I didn't like that I was avoidant. Whenever conflict would come up, I would always keep people a little bit further away so that if I saw any sign of anything happening, I would run. I would run the other way and I would say, nope, this isn't working, um, dropping you. And it's one thing to, you know, see red flags and have standards and say, mm, I'm not going to be fooled three times. Like, I'm done with this. But if you are looking for opportunities that aren't even there just so you can run away, or if the first sign of any kind of disagreement or conflict, you shut down and you push people out, that wasn't serving me. That was really, really, and still has been detrimental to all of my relationships, my friendships, my relationships with my daughters, my relationship with my partner. Everyone in my life has felt that at some point and it's not something I'm proud of. So because of that, it's something I continuously actively work on. And it's something that I have to continuously call myself out on for not going avoidant, not running away, not shutting down, not closing off, not pushing people aside or pushing people out just because they start to feel unsafe or it starts to feel unstable. It's something I have to constantly remind myself and it's something that I accept that it's there, but I actively work to change it because it's something I don't think is beneficial to my life or what I want. 
So think about the different ways that you could put this into practice. Think about throwing everyone else's fucking opinions off and just saying, I'm going to be exactly who I want, what I know is right at my core, who I know I am internally. Ask yourself what that looks like. Ask yourself who you are and what you do and how you respond and how you interact with your friends and how you go about your work and how you show up in relationships and you show up for yourself. What does that look like? Because you know, you know what it is. You know internally when I'm saying all these things, you have a vision, you have a picture in your head. That is your true identity. That is your core. That is who you are without all the bullshit from everybody else. So ask yourself that. Who would I be if I didn't have to be something for somebody other than myself? Who would I be if I could just be me? And then look at the things that conflict with that. Look at the ways that you are self-sabotaging because we all do it. Look at the old thought patterns and behaviors that are conflicting with who you actually want to be. Look at the parts of yourself that other people projected onto you. Look at how you show up in relationships and how you show up for yourself. And look at all of the ways that you can start changing that little by little, piece by piece. It doesn't have to be, and it will not be, I promise. I've (laughs) been doing this for a long time. It will not be an overnight flip. But slowly over time, the more you're aware and the more you practice this, It will start to come easier for you or start to be, it will start to be natural for you to see these things. It'll start to make sense when you see the behaviors you have and you can make those changes and you can be who you actually want to be. You can be what you are actually wanting to embody. You get to decide who you want to be. You don't have to be anything for anybody. You don't have to be the ideal societal standard of a man or a woman. You don't have to conform to the bullshit ways you've been taught. You don't have to be a certain type of mother, a certain type of father, a certain type of boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife or friend or employee or whatever it is. Just throw all that shit off and be what you want to be. Be what you know is right in your heart that aligns with your happiest, most fulfilled, highest self. And then start practicing it because over time, those small actions, those little steps, all of the things that you do to really show yourself that love are going to do two things. Number one, you're going to reparent yourself and reframe everything that you were told about who you are from everyone that has had a say in your life. And number two, you are going to learn through those little actions to love yourself more than anyone else could. And that is how you can actually give more to others. If you're filling up yourself first, you have more to give others. If you are constantly validating and supplying your own needs and you are supplying your own validation because you just love who you are, even the parts you don't like, then you're going to not need it as much from other people. And that keeps you stable. That keeps you grounded. When you can stay grounded and solid in who you are and what you want and who you're constantly 
working on yourself to be not based on other people's opinions, not based on what you saw on Instagram or a TV show or your 10th grade friend or whatever it is, throw all of that off and be just exactly who you want because that's where you're going to find that bliss and that happiness and that self-acceptance and that love. And it's a pretty, it's a really incredible place to be where you can just fully love and accept and embody all parts of you. I love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you ever want to send a message just sharing your story, if you just need someone to listen, if you want someone to talk to, I will always say my DMs are open. My email is open if you wanted to write to me. It's hello at bysarahkennedy.com. Or if you want to DM me on Instagram, it's by.sarahkennedy. Thank you guys so much. I hope you have a most wonderful week and I will talk to you soon.